0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Thursday, January 18th, and I've got to admit, it still feels weird that the Miami Dolphins season is over. It feels so abrupt. Usually, and I was thinking about this yesterday, because Tua normally talks on Wednesday, so Wednesday, we hear from Tua, and then today on a Thursday, we get ready for this coming weekend's action, and if Tua says anything that's noteworthy, sometimes he does, I'm here talking about it. I discuss it as a point to preview a game, but what am I previewing? What shall I preview on this Thursday? The Dolphins, they get a bye week just like every other team in the National Football League. So it's not like this doesn't happen anytime during the regular season. But we know that there's still a game coming. I'm not going to sit here in the middle of January and preview the NFL draft. I'm not going to do that. That'll be down the line. It's just such a, I don't want to say shock. It's just a, a time where... You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, this, this whole thing is over, and it happened quickly, and the reason it's a little bit surprising is because of the season, the regular season, that the Miami Dolphins were having. We were talking about big things. I was talking about getting on a plane in early February to go to Vegas. Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! I'm going to Vegas next week. I don't even remember why I'm going. I booked this flight in mid-December, about a month ago. A little bit more than a month ago, I booked this flight for two nights in Vegas. And I don't, I don't remember why. I mean, I could cancel it, but it's, it's Vegas. Why cancel any trip to Vegas? I'll be back in time, though, in South Florida for Championship Sunday. I'm going to watch the games at the Hard Rock, at the Sports Bar, slash Sportsbook, Maybe do some live wagering on Championship Sunday. Invite over some friends. Maybe invite over some of you. Just have a good time. Less stress. If the Dolphins are not involved, it's less stressful, isn't it? But it still takes time for a Dolphins fan to get over it. And I root for all South Florida teams. I've said that a million times. Some of you are die-hard dolphins fans. I have friends who are die-hard dolphins fans. They're like, I couldn't even watch Hard Knocks the other night. I'm, I'm just not over it. My heart is broken. I get it. I totally understand. I'd rather be doing shows right now previewing a game against, even if it had to be Baltimore. like, I don't care. It was fun. And now we got to wait until September. September. So far away. So here we are, Thursday, January 18th, and there is not a next game yet for the Dolphins. Eventually, we'll get to the draft. We'll get to free agency, the roster moves, the cap moves, the controversy. I'm sure we're going to have a little bit of everything before we start the 2024 NFL regular season. I'm not a fake national show here, so I don't sit here and discuss national subjects unless it's something that everybody's watching, like the Super Bowl or Championship Sunday. And when I talk about these playoff games coming up, the divisional round, when I recap it next week, and the same thing goes for Championship Sunday, I like to do it from a Dolphins perspective. From what we just saw, what do the Miami Dolphins need to get to that point? And without even seeing anything, you're probably, well, some of you are probably saying, well, they need a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. And Tua, he's he's so polarizing. Going into year five, coming up now, there's the group that just loves him. He's the best. Don't get rid of him. And you've got to throw him that bag of money. And then there's others that are like, this dude stinks. Get rid of him. He's not the guy. He'll never be the guy. And then there's others, because I never said there's two groups. At least I don't think so. There's others, and I consider myself in this group, where it's like, okay, wait, he's under contract, you let him play out year five, and then you make a decision. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what the Miami Dolphins are going to do. But as I said on yesterday's show, while they do that, and I know this will upset Tua, they should draft a quarterback with the 21st overall pick. So while I'm still talking about the Dolphins and they don't have a game, our other South Florida teams are in action, and I think we'll slowly start to pivot to those as well. This is not just a football show, but I can read the room. I understand the NFL playoffs are going on, I know people are bummed that the Miami Dolphins are not part of the playoffs. And I'm not just going to say, all right, we're moving on to the Heat. We're moving on to the Panthers. We're moving on to college basketball. We got pitchers and catchers reporting next month. Forget about the Dolphins. Let's move on from everything. I'm not going to do that. But slowly, and I'm sure it will be slow, slowly I will start to pivot to those other sports. While not throwing football away, the football discussion will always be here, but not as prevalent, not filling up three or four segments an hour. Not that I mind filling up three or four segments an hour with football talk, but we do have other things going on. So I am coming to you this hour from Columbia! Columbia! And I love it here. Had a great night last night, a great dinner. I was out at the pool yesterday preparing for this show. I do a lot of show prep in the morning, have breakfast, have a couple of cups of coffee, and then around one, a little bit before two, go out to the pool, nice and sunny day, lay out a little bit, see if any of my friends are around. <laughs> The scenery here in Medellin, it's amazing. So many different cities, though, here. It's, it's like all, it's all amazing. And a lot of you have been coming out here, and I don't blame you. It's a great spot to be. And for those of you who haven't made it out here or can't make it out here, just follow me on Instagram, search Andy Slater, and I will do my best to make it feel like you're here. I can't post everything, but I do my best to post what I can. That's what I use my IG for. Twitter, where a lot of my uh, followers are, that's for information, for news, for you to get the Slater's scoop. Like yesterday, I tweeted this out, and this is pretty sad, but it's justice. Former Miami Hurricanes and Dolphins running back Mark Walton. He was sentenced to four years in prison. He pleaded guilty to an armed robbery in Miami. Now, that robbery happened in 2022. And I reported on it then. Mark Walton had been in jail since 2022 when that happened. They didn't let him out. There was no bond. So he's been waiting in jail in Miami-Dade And then he wound up pleading guilty recently to the armed robbery charge, and he was credited with 589 days served because he served those days in jail in Miami-Dade, and now he's been transferred. He's in prison. He got a four-year prison sentence, and his current release date is in March of 2026. It's sad, uh, it's justice, but at the same time, you look at some individuals, and I talk about this with Uncle Luke from time to time because he coaches a lot of kids, Liberty City, Miami Edison, and not everybody's doing the right thing. And it's very unfortunate because some of these athletes have a lot of promise. Mark Walton was amazing at the University of Miami. Then he played a few years in the National Football League, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and now he's serving out a four-year prison sentence. Not everybody makes smart decisions. All right, so I do have a lot to get to this hour, but I can't get to any of it until the hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. So far this week, I have spent the entire time talking about the Miami Dolphins, and that's normal. During the regular season, it's normal, and right after they get knocked out, it's normal because it takes a few days. You know, people got to work their anger out. I got to let my frustrations out, but I feel, and this is just my feeling in talking to people, reading what people are saying and what they're posting on social media I feel like this particular loss to the Chiefs, this particular disappointment, I feel like it's taken longer than usual for Dolphins fans to move forward. So the question is, if that's true, why is that the case? I believe it's true. That's why I'm bringing it up. And I think the reason it stings so much is not that the wind chill was minus 30 at Arrowhead. It's not that the Dolphins' defense was missing six key starters because they still found a way to shut down the Chiefs in the red zone four times. So it's not either of those two things. The problem as I see it is that this was a total and complete collapse by this team. Five weeks to go in the regular season, the Miami Dolphins had a three-game lead over the Buffalo Bills. Think about that. That's why this hurts a lot. The Bills, they fire their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. They fire him in the middle of the season. You're thinking as a Dolphins fan, the Bills, they're a complete disaster. We've got this. I came on here saying, forget about the division. You don't got to worry about that. The Dolphins have the division in the bag. Well, guess what I was. just a big buller wrong. If they did have it in the bag, they may have had the number one seed in the AFC. They could have been Baltimore. They could have had a bye week. And that would have meant, even with the two seed, that the Miami Dolphins would be hosting a game this weekend at Hard Rock. With the two seed, they would have had to win the home game last weekend. With the bye week, they would have been hosting it because they wouldn't have played last weekend. And that is why I feel like Dolphins fans are down more than ever. Because it wasn't just a season where you're like, okay, The Dolphins are getting in, but our chances aren't so good. This was a season where the Dolphins legitimately had a chance at the number one overall seed in the conference. Even when they didn't have a chance at the number one seed, all they had to do was win the final game, and they would have had the number two seed in the AFC. That's what's disappointing. So many opportunities in December and January to create a better path for themselves. And you blew it! Big time. They lost games to tough teams down the stretch. And the last three losses were to the 1, 2, and 3 seeds in the AFC. I think based on the way the Dolphins played the first few months of the year, a lot of us, not just fans, but people in the media, I know I was coming on here believing that this team was going to make a serious run. Not just a run at the division, but a run all the way to Vegas. We felt, a lot of us felt, that this team was good enough to be the number one seed in the conference. Everything was going to have to run through Hard Rock Stadium. Now it's all running through the sports book, not the stadium. And on top of that, the one thing that Dolphins fans were holding their hats onto was the offense. Tua, Waddle, Tyreek, Mostert, A-Chan. We saw Tua and nothing but speed And you combine the speed with his ability to get that ball out quickly. The offense had been the most explosive in the league all season. So to have that offensive group come up short against the Titans, against the Ravens, and then against the Bills, and especially at Kansas City, it's a very tough pill to swallow for Dolphins fans. Look, there's a version of that game that they played on Saturday night where if they played the game 10 times, there's a version where Patrick Mahomes just goes off and the Chiefs put up 40 or 50 points because Patrick Mahomes runs around and he makes special plays to lead them to a victory. That version didn't happen. It's not like that's the reason they lost. If they had lost the game because of Patrick Mahomes going off, Dolphins fans probably would have understood that a lot better. Hey, our team was out there. They tried, but Mahomes did his thing over and over and over again. He's one of the best of the best, and what can you do? But that's not what happened. If it did, you would just tip your cap and call him your daddy, and you would go about your merry business. That would have been easier for a Dolphins fan to understand. But the defense played well. It was the offense that was a complete no-show. It's got to be very clear to this organization for next season that nothing matters until December and January. Sure, you want to stack up Ws, but there's nothing to celebrate. There's nothing to really get excited about. You can't be excited until this team wins a playoff game. And based on the last two seasons where they had to travel to Buffalo and then Kansas City, I think it's safe to say the Dolphins would be much better off if they had a playoff game at home. Even if they had won in Week 18 against the Bills, And then they would have gotten Buffalo again, back-to-back weeks. I still think the Dolphins would have had a better shot in that game because it was in their building, 75 degrees, anything better than going on the road in Kansas City. I keep hearing something about Patrick Mahomes that blows me away. And this is the part where it's like, geez, it wasn't even Mahomes going off and the Dolphins still lost. But how good is he? I mean, if you need to be reminded, when the Chiefs are in Buffalo this weekend, it'll be the first road game besides the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes is playing in his playoff career. This is a guy with Super Bowls. But before this weekend, he had never played a playoff game outside of Arrowhead, except again for the Super Bowl. That's something that Mike McDaniel has to lock in on. How is Patrick Mahomes who he is? Well, he usually gets his playoff games at home, and that helps a lot. Tua already had to face a more adverse environment than Patrick Mahomes has ever had to deal with. So that is something to keep in perspective. Keep that on your mind. I think the Dolphins organization needs to keep that on their mind. Because they got to figure out, hey, what can we do better next season? Well, when you're in position to set yourself up for a much easier path to get to the Super Bowl, you cannot blow it. Those last few games loomed so large. If the Dolphins had finished off the Tennessee Titans, you're up 14 with a couple of minutes to go. If they had done that, they would have been the two seed and had a home playoff game last weekend. And we'd probably be talking about or possibly be talking about a divisional game at home this weekend. But if they would have finished off Tennessee and beat Buffalo, then what would we be talking about? How much of a difference would that have made? And I think that is where the focus needs to be. You've got to have home playoff games. Because if you're going on the road in January, most likely you're going to be in cold weather. And I don't want to make it just about the weather. The Dolphins probably can win in cold weather. You don't want to be in the cold weather when you're not used to it at all but there's still a lot more than the weather I'm not blaming that loss on the weather the weather could have been 45 degrees and the Dolphins still would have lost it could have probably been 60 degrees and the Dolphins most likely still would have lost but could have been different but it's not about the weather will weather make a difference sure but this season it was not about the weather the offense collapsed. Mike McDaniel, he collapsed. And there's something else that bothers me. I didn't come in here today and say, I'm just going to start going off because that's going to be great radio. No, it, it's better radio when there's a lot more excitement. Everybody's feeling good. You go back to all of my shows in 2023, I think it was one of my best years on the airwaves because there was such a great good feeling with the South Florida sports scene so I'd much rather be talking about our teams in a positive light than having them collapse and now we have a nine-month offseason or eight-month offseason but there is something else that bothers me that I want to get to and I will in just a moment What you guys can get to is the ballroom at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, not for a show, but for the Lucky Hearts Poker Open. They've got 80-plus tables right now in the ballroom at the Hard Rock. Poker tournaments galore, including the main event in the Lucky Hearts Poker Open, which has a guaranteed prize pool of $2 million. For the entire tournament schedule, and there's a lot of events, visit Seminal Hard Rock Poker That's Seminal Hard Rock Poker If you want to get into that main event, all the information is there. Two million dollars guaranteed in the prize pool. Head on out to the Lucky Hearts Poker Open going on right now at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Here's one thing that I've brought up before during the season. It never got better, and it's why it continues to bother me going into the Dolphins offseason. It's not just what happened in Kansas City. Although this did happen in KC, this is something that's been going on for two years now. Mike McDaniel is horrible... In short yardage situations. And it makes no sense to me whatsoever. It makes no sense because Mike McDaniel is such a smart individual. Mike McDaniel is a good play caller. He had this Dolphins offense being dynamic. They're capable of running the ball well. Really well. They're capable of using two great wide receivers. And yet. When it was getting to second and short or third and short, Mike McDaniel always managed to mess it up, like every single time. Now, he's been a coach, a head coach, for two seasons, both seasons with the Miami Dolphins. The first year, I thought, all right, there's a learning curve. It's your first year of doing something you've never done before. There's going to be a learning curve. I figured, okay, well, Mike McDaniel, he'll learn, he'll get better. There's no reason to be concerned. I'm sure you can go back to old tapes, old uh, audio. I don't know what the heck that noise is in the background sometimes. Sorry if it's bothering you. It's gone now. But you could go back to old shows of mine from the first year, and I do it from time to time. It pops up like on my memories, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what was I doing? So I understand there's a learning curve. But eventually you've got to get better. And now he's been a head coach for two full seasons and it hasn't gotten better. It's like Mike McDaniel cramps up mentally. Short-yardage situations, uh, okay, we, we got to do this, I got to be smarter than everyone else and when you have your running backs, both of them averaging like five to seven yards per carry, how about you just give it to one of them? You give it to one of them, and then you pick up the first down. And if it doesn't work on second down, you do it on third. If it doesn't work on third, you do it on fourth. Because we we don't kick the ball anymore, do we? We just go for it. Not that I have a problem with it. I, I love the action. The sequence that really jumps out it comes from that KC game. It was the Tua interception. The Dolphins have second and short, and they throw a pass out to the side for no reason. It's incomplete. They just fell in love with those sideway passes the past few weeks, and they weren't even getting results from them. So that was second down. Third down, they get a procedure penalty. That knocks them back five yards. So then what happens on third? a sales one. It's picked off. The drive is killed. Any momentum is killed. All of the Dolphins' emotion is killed. And that all started with second and short. Second and short, get the first down. But instead, it was an incomplete pass, and then you get a penalty, and then you get a pick. That's as bad as you can get when all you really had to do was run Raheem Mostert. Raheem can get a yard. And if he didn't get a yard on second down, Raheem would have got that yard on third down. What are we doing here in short yardage situations? Now, what is going to be the fix? I don't know. I don't have the answer to it. I do know that Mike McDaniel watches about as much video as anyone. So, If I could see this, watching a game from here in Medellin while I'm hanging out with my friends, if I could see the short yardage problems, I am certain that Mike McDaniel can as well. But what is he going to do to address those problems? The best plan to me seems like he takes away the play calling. He says in the mirror, he goes there, I'm taking away the play calling from you, and he's the one in the mirror, and that's it. And that's not because Mike McDaniel calls terrible plays, but because he's got an offensive staff, and he doesn't have to be the offensive coordinator as well. Mike McDaniel was hired to be the head football coach. Mike McDaniel's responsibility is the entire team. He's responsible for the timeouts, the substitutions. He's responsible for the entire offense, the entire defense, making sure the coordinators, making sure the entire coaching staff is putting out the best product on the field. This isn't new here. This isn't rocket science. There are plenty of guys who have done this before. And in the end, it's turned out best when they said, I'm not going to do this anymore. There are a lot of coordinators. There's a lot of people from coaching staffs around the league who got a head coaching job based off of what they did previously. And a lot of times it's calling plays whether it's on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. So when that person finally gets a head coaching job, what do they want to do? They want to keep with what's familiar with them. Calling plays got Mike McDaniel the job. I think he's assuming that calling the plays will help him keep the job. There is a lot of interest out there in Frank Smith. Frank Smith could be a head coach. As long as he's with the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel should let him have a shot at calling plays. There's a lot to be cleaned up with this team operational errors. The Dolphins had so many this past season. They couldn't get the plays called fast enough. They couldn't get guys in and out of the huddle. So you had pre-snap penalties. The hope was this was just a year one thing. Mike McDaniel would figure it all out. But then came year two and we saw the same. So he hasn't figured it out. Will he figure it out this offseason? If he doesn't, I don't know if he's going to have the ability to figure anything out For a fourth year, whatever the system is that he's got installed now, calling the play, relaying the play, getting it into Tua in time, having Tua get the play to his offensive teammates, whatever it is, the process is way too slow. And you see, sometimes they got to rush because they're up against the play clock. It's just a lot of bad things all at once. And I think if Mike McDaniel gives up the play calling, he can focus on the head coaching stuff, which is making sure his team is operationally sound. You can't tell me that whoever is the OC, whoever's there with Mike McDaniel, from the beginning of OTAs, mini camps, over the entire summer, that the offensive mind that Mike McDaniel gives that job to would not be capable of getting that job done. I absolutely think they would be. It's just a matter of Mike McDaniel giving the green light and admitting to himself, you know what, this hasn't worked, let me step away from this, let me focus on everything else, because that will help me secure my job. And it's not just, I don't want to make it sound like it's a selfish thing here, hey, Mike McDaniel wants to keep his job. The way Mike McDaniel keeps his job is by this Dolphins team succeeding. So when I say he wants to keep his job, that means the Miami Dolphins are successful. And if he didn't learn it after year one, and he continues to call the plays going into year three, I don't think this team will have success. I think that will be what could possibly oust him. And I was a little surprised that Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, who I think is fantastic, Barry, Barry's all over the place. He's writing a million articles a day. I'm a fan of Barry. I'm surprised, though, that Barry thought The question being asked to him, to Mike McDaniel, of will you think about giving up play calling, Barry Jackson thought that was like mind-blowing how somebody could even ask that. Yet here I am doing a 10-minute segment on why he should give up the play calling. And I mentioned that before that question was asked in that press conference the other day. I'm not reacting to a question. I was asking that question here on the airwaves and making statements before that question was asked. If anything, maybe somebody in that presser tuned into the program and then asked that question. Probably not, but you get my point. And I've also got a really good point when I tell you to go out and have a great time at Gulfstream Park because when you do it, you'll see. you know what, Andy, you are absolutely right. The championship meet is going on right now at Gulfstream Park. And the championship meet means the best of the best. You're going to see the best horses in the world, the best jockeys in the world, the best of everything horse racing in the world right now in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. When I go to Gulfstream Park, I go to their trackside restaurant. 10 palms. I get a table, have a fantastic meal, watch the races live right in front of me. And of course, you know me, I wager on them. And you don't even have to wager all that much. You could wager 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Live racing during the championship meet going on right now because it's Thursday. And they got live racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Head on out to Hollandale Beach. Have yourself a great time during the championship meet at Gulfstream Park. Sticking on the subject of Mike McDaniel for just another moment, there's a key distinction here. It's one thing to mess up because you're young and you're learning. And okay, it's just two seasons in the National Football League. There's another where that is irrelevant, and the reason you're messing up is because you're just set in your own ways. You're basically saying, and I don't know that he'll do this, but if he continues to call the plays, the way I look at it is I'm not changing what I do on game day because that's how I've always done it. If that is the case, that is not good enough. Now, can Mike McDaniel still call the plays and be better? Yes. But why didn't that happen already? Because it was very evident. The the mistakes were very evident during the season. Not just year one, but in year two and all the way to the Kansas City game where their season ended. If Mike McDaniel cannot show improvement in the areas where he is weak. And then on top of that, if he refuses to use resources that could help him and help the team, that would be selfish. That would be ego. And ultimately, that would lead to his downfall with the Miami Dolphins. If I was Steven Ross right now, I'm not thinking about firing Mike McDaniel. I think he could still be a really good head football coach. There are obviously components of coaching where Mike McDaniel does a very good job. But if I were Steven Ross, just like I would do here with Tua, who's currently only signed to his fifth-year option, I would wait. I, I would wait. One more year. Here we go. You get one more chance. Tua, you get one more chance. Mike McDaniel, you get one more chance. We're going to run this back, but I'm going to get protection, especially with Tua. I'm going to draft a quarterback with the 21st overall pick. Then we're going to run this thing back, and we're going to try to make the playoffs again. We're going to try to snap that horrendous streak. Tua, you get a year to prove it. Mike McDaniel, you got a year to prove it. But after next season, if we're talking about another playoff loss, then I think it's very safe to say Tua's done and Mike McDaniel's done. And maybe even Chris Greer. But we'll see about that. Right now, the, the storyline, it's Tua and it's Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel's seat is not hot, but if changes are not made with the way the plays are called, if changes are not made on short yardage situations, if the Miami Dolphins do not win a playoff game, not only will Mike McDaniel's seat be warm, it'll be really, really hot. Like flames will be coming out of it. And I don't think he can survive after three years. You could be a guru. You could be a nice guy. You could be funny. You could be likable. But if in three years you have zero playoff victories, what are we doing? The NFL, you can't wait around forever. And I know Stephen Ross definitely cannot wait around forever, nor will he. And you guys should not wait around forever when it comes to figuring out your finances. That's why I tell you about Trajan Wealth all of the time. You have financial goals. You have life goals. Maybe you just set them. Let Trajan Wealth help you achieve those goals. Trajan Wealth is located locally in Palm Beach. When you contact them, and it'll cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. They will help you design a plan based around those goals that you have. It's not like you're gonna talk with Trajan Wealth and they're gonna tell you, hey, this should be your goal, that should be your goal. You're gonna tell them your goals and they will design a plan based around those goals that you have made. Visit their site, trajanwealth.com, that's trajanwealth.com, or give Trajan Wealth a call, at 561-390-1000. Don't wait any longer. Let Trajan Wealth start to help you now. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Getting away from the Miami Dolphins for just a moment. What a night of television. Sports-wise in South Florida, Yeah, I think I'll watch the Miami Heat. And they're down 34 before the half. The Raptors were making it rain threes. The Heat, they couldn't hit. That's where the gap came from. Then the Heat just played badly. They get blown out on the road. Three-game winning streak comes to an end. And incredibly, it's the halfway point of the season, which is amazing. We've been so caught up with the Miami Dolphins, the Heat have played half of their season already. It's like, what? I haven't even thought much about the Heat because the Dolphins have kept us so busy and they've been so interesting. So the Heat lose, and then it's like, okay, let's see how the Canes will do against FSU in basketball. An ACC battle, a rival, Matthew Cleveland, transfers from FSU to the University of Miami. Good storyline. The Canes lose. So they drop an ACC game on their home court. And I'm not done yet. The Florida Panthers, who had won nine in a row and then heading into last night, had lost two in a row, will now make it three in a row. The Cats lose in overtime to the Red Wings. And it came on Matthew Kachuk bobblehead night. So let's review it. The Heat get crushed, the Panthers lose, and the Canes basketball team loses. Oh, no! We suck again! <laughs> What an amazing ride we had in 2023. At least the Panthers in the heat, though, they'll be fine. The Canes, we'll see. All right, that's all the time I got for this Thursday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.